Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. We are continuing with our series that's entitled, Who We Are. And we're going through some things. And last week, we went through, really, why do we exist? Why do we exist? And we went through, that's the question that, of course, mission asks. And we said our mission our statement is we are created for God's glory. That's what we do. We are created for God's glory. That's our mission. So if anybody asks you, what's the mission of Cornerstone? You know? uh, created for, we are created for God's glory. That's it. And uh, today we're going to give you our new vision of Cornerstone and some other things. It's five things that I want you to know after the service. Five things. Number one is the mission statement, of course. And I just gave it to you. We are created for... Okay, that, that's, the, that's the mission. Uh, number two, our new... Uh, that was just our vision. Number two is our new mission. Number three is why I, why I chose... Uh, they, uh, have a new mission statement and then what scriptures are we basing it on and then what kind of love are we talking about those are the five things so let's jump in with uh, our mission statement can you tell, tell me the mission statement okay we're created for God's glory it's very important and we are our new vision our new vision is that we love God and love all people. So our vision is to love God and love all people. It's important to, to say all people uh, because of uh, our, that's our vision. <laughs> it's all, 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 all people, not just some people, it's all people. And, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. So the new vision is love God and love all people. Okay, to love God and love all people. Now, why, why did I choose uh, that, really? Why did I choose that, that vision? Well, it started when uh, Impact Churches had a, uh, it was a, I guess it was a seminar, or, or I don't know what we call, called it, but it was a seminar or something where it was for to work with small churches uh, on growth. And and whether you're small or large, it's still the same thing, is that uh, make sure that your mission, your vision, uh, your strategies, all those things line up with not only the word of God, but also with what God is calling you to do. And, uh, you know, my mentor, uh, Randy, Randy Thornton now, well, he was uh, here uh, at our house, and he said, well, we want to have a compelling vision, a vision that God has called us to. Um, he said that he had a, his church had a vision 
but it wasn't what God had called him to. And when he found out uh, uh, about that, he said, God, what did you call me to do? Um, and he said, Rand, I didn't call you to just pastor a church or start a church. What I called you to do is to uh, take the city. So he changed his vision to take the city. And recently, he's changed it to more modernize that into filling the city with Jesus, uh, which is basically the same thing because that's what they were doing anyway. But um, take the city, people didn't understand. Well, how, what do you mean take the city? Do we need knives and guns, or what, what do we need to do? You know, said no. You know, we're, we're gonna fill the city with Jesus. So he he um, had the young people re re. re vitalize it and everything. And so he asked me, he said, uh, did God call you to that vision? Did he tell you that when you first started the church 21 years ago? And I said, no. One thing I do know that the only reason I started, only reason I stepped into this ministry was because uh, I prayed and I know that God told me that if I, because I was wondering, God, I would be the first black, black pastor that, that, that they've had out of the five, one, two, one, two, three, four pastors. Uh, the fifth one would mean that would be the first African-American pastor. So I don't know whether the church will support an African-American pastor. I don't know. Even though I've been in the church years before that, but it's one thing being in the church and leading the church. You know, people, uh, your friend, but you're not the one leading them. And so I was concerned because I had to uh, retire from from uh, teaching in order to do this. I said, well, can I continue to teach until I get, get retirement age before I, before I, you know, resign from teaching? And they said, no. Uh, the leader said, no, you, you're going to uh, you're gonna have to retire from, from uh, teaching. And at the time, I was... Uh, 49 years old. And you don't get retirement to years, full retirement to years later. And I said, well, God, if you don't uphold me, I'm going to be a 50-year-old, which uh, this was around my birthday time. Uh, and so my birthday, um, a lot of you know, is in September, the end of September. And this was in September. I said, God, if you don't uphold me, I don't know what I'm going to do because they're not going to rehire me because they can hire, hire two young people out of college as teachers for the salary they are paying me. And who wants to hire a 50-year-old jumping jack teacher? You know, <laughs> really. And so I said, God, what am, what am I going to do? You know, 
Uh, I don't want, there's nothing else I can do. I don't know anything else. And so I hear nothing. And I said, well, I'll step out. And so when I stepped out into uh, retiring, uh, one of the uh, administrators downtown asked me, called me and said, hey, Willie, uh, we got something good that we want you to help us with, and probably we can help you. And I said, what is it? They said, well, you know, one of the schools you were teaching at, uh, we still need a teacher. So how, how about if you teach part-time for us, and that way, if things don't work out with your pastoring, you have something to fall back on because you'll still be in teaching. You have your, you know, everything will be good. And I told Minerva about it, and she got upset uh, because she said that, uh, what kind of faith do you have? You know, you step, you, you, you're supposed to be uh, the pastor man of faith, and you are saying you're going to take this part-time job just in case. God doesn't uphold you. And I said, okay. And I called her back and I, I told her, told her uh, later, I said, I, I, I can't do it, I'm sorry. You know, full time, you know. So she said, okay. I just wanted you to keep your foot in the door. And I said, I'm sorry. But you know, God has been faithful, you know, over these, these years. And, and so... I knew that God told me that. And then I also knew that God had called this church to um, a variety of ethnicity. Because I was, I was here, of course, years before I ever, uh, I, I didn't even think about pastoring, really. And I, matter of fact, I got saved here. It, it, but it was another name. But I got saved uh, when I was invited to this church. I got saved here. And so I wanted to be in a church that had this type of variety. And so I knew that God called his church to that. And nobody uh, really can say, I have been keeping this church, you know, with a variety of ethnic groups. Nobody can say that. It's God. It's been God. And so I said, I know that. So, God, I know that it's hard to love people in this environment. It really is because you're going to have problems no matter what type of environment you're in. If it's more than you, you're going to have problems. So therefore, uh, it doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter you know, uh, where you're from, you're going to have problems. But, see, the enemy plays on um, differences. He plays on that. 
And so he would, uh, when, 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 when a new pastor takes over, you have people there that's been with the old pastor. So they're going to usually stay and check you out, see can they, you know, uh, change you to things they want to do and all those type of things. And, and when, if it doesn't work out, then, of course, they'll leave. Uh, so uh, you don't have people there who came there because of the administration or the people who are leading the church at this particular time. And it used to hurt me, but still, it still hurts me, when people leave the church. It hurts me because I thought we were in a type of covenant relationship when you, to me, when you join a church, you come up front, you you say, did, did God call you to this church? Do you believe God called you? Yes, I believe God Will you uh, uh, support the church? And, you know, this, 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 this. Um, will, will elders will oversee your soul, da, 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 da. And we, we say words, and then after that, we buy them, greet them, and stuff like that. So, to me, when you say words like that when you join a church, it's like a covenant to me. And the the elder that was with me, Lee Grieva, uh that's what he that's what he used to tell me too. We're in a covenant relationship. We're in a covenant relationship. And so uh, we're going to be together in this thing. And we used to say, Lee used to say, look, we don't agree on everything. But one thing about it is that of all these things in this Bible, if, if we don't agree on two things, it's no big deal as long as they are uh, things that are not vital. Like, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, the, uh, you know, the Trinity, the Virgin Birth of Jesus Christ, all the, you know, the serious doctrinal things. But just little simple things, you know, uh, whether you're from a um, Lutheran church, which Lee was from, or whether you're from a Baptist church, whether you're from a Pentecostal church, whether you're from a charismatic church, all those type of things, those things, we can work those things out. You know, there are differences in, in a married couple. Come on, that, those, these things shouldn't break relationships. So we could flow together as elders, even though we didn't have, a, we, didn't have uh, we didn't agree on everything. But we agreed on most everything. On the, on, on the doctrinal serious things. And we cared about one another. And so I thought that's the way it's supposed to be in the church when a person joined a church, when, when, they, when we call this a, a, our family. This is our church family. It's just a larger family than our regular family. Okay. So our new vision, I said, God, this is it then. Love you and love all people. 
all is important because I can love somebody who's just like I am, who believes like I believe, and we share most everything together. I can love them a little bit more than I can love somebody else. So that's why all is in there. Now, what scriptures? So the first thing I said we wanted you to know, number one was our mission. Our mission is we're created for God's glory. Our vision is, okay, now, what scriptures is our vision, our new vision, based on? Let's open our Bibles or on the screen to Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. All your electronic devices. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And if you read other versions like Luke, uh, it would it would say, oh, with all your strength. And that's the first scripture that was very important to us. That's why I entitled this message was part one of this message, part two, I'll do next week, and I'll go a little deeper uh, into examples and all those type of things. Because it's all. It's all in. That's the title of the message. All in. And that's what God is asking us to be, all in. So if you're going to love me, love me with all your heart. All your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Be all in. I don't want no part of you that's loving something else more than me. Jesus said, this is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. Now, what did the what did uh, this Pharisee ask him? Yeah, what is the greatest? And of course, Jesus told him. He didn't ask him which is the greatest, which is the great two commandments, which is the greatest. But Jesus said, the second is like it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands, commandments depend the whole law. And the prophets. So we know that the whole law and the prophets, the Old Testament, these two 
are very important. And these two are really like one. That's what they are. Because you can't love, I found out, others unless you love him. The second one is in Matthew chapter 28. Let's go there. And let's go to verse 18. Jesus came up and, and, uh, and spoke to them. He was talking about the disciples. Saying, all authority has been given to me, you've heard these many times, in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of some nations, all nations, all nations. So if you're a Jew, you can't say, well, I don't want to make disciples of the the Gentiles. I don't want to make disciples of the people I don't like. When he says, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them uh, to observe all uh, that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So the all was important. And that's why it's in our vision is love God and love all people because of the great, what we call the, the great commission. So we put the great commandment, the great commission together, and we say love God and love all people. Now, what kind of love are we talking about? Well, this is our, uh, our, we've already said Number one was, our mission is, <laughs> come on, look in your notes, get your, you know, go back a little bit, and you know, what's our mission? Okay, and our vision, okay, and we said the third thing is, is why did I choose this new vision, and I'll explain that to you, and then, this one is what scriptures are we basing our vision on? And we said a great commission and a great commandment. Okay. Then the last uh, thing is, what kind of love is this, really? What kind of love is this that we're really talking about? What kind of love is it? And let's look at a couple of scriptures. One is Luke Six thirty-two. What kind of love is this? And you know what kind of love it is. It's the God kind of love. And the God kind of love is agape. And we know that agape was not in the Greek love dictionary uh, when it wasn't in use because Jesus hadn't come. But Jesus walked it out, and so now we have agape. But what is 
that God kind of loves. In Luke 6, 32, it says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And see, I could do that. I can do that in my unsaved life. You know, uh, when I was coaching, I, I could do that. The players who, who did the things I asked them to do, the players who, uh, you know, they come to practice, they do all those things that you ask them to do, uh, they were okay. Those who didn't, I didn't have no use for them. Really, had no use for them. Because it seemed like they had no use for me. And so why should I have any use for them? You know, eye for an eye, two for two, right? <laughs> but see, I wasn't saved <laughs> at that time. So what kind of love are we talking about? And now we say, well, that's difficult to love somebody who doesn't love you. That's difficult. That's right. Romans 4, 8. There's another scripture. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That sounds good on paper. Doesn't it? I mean, it, it just rolls off, you know, right off your tongue, you know, just really nice. But when we try to do it, that's a whole different story, isn't it? But that's the God kind of love. That's the kind of love we're talking about. John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this. That one lay down his life for his friend. That's the kind of love we're talking about. Now, I had difficulty because I said, well, God, I can love people, you know, with this, you know, there's friends. We're friends. Just like Phileo, uh, you know, just, just I, I, can, I can do that. And one example in Scripture that takes us to, the, to, to me the highest level is Jonathan and David. John, John, you know, Jonathan and David. Jonathan made a covenant with, with David. And that, that's pretty high for friendship. Of friendship. That's pretty high. Then, family love. You know, we have love for our family members, your, your husband, wife, each other. You know, you, you have love for each other, and you have love for your children, your children for you, you know, those type of things. That's, that's, that's all good, but that type of love I had, and we all have, and we're not even saved. You can have that. 
So what kind of love are we talking about then? Well, what does what does God expect of me? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm loving my wife. I'm loving my my wife is loving me. I'm loving my children. My children are loving me. You know, I love my friends that are kind of close to me. That don't irritate me. You know, uh, you know, kind of loving them. You know, and they love me. You know, we go out and we do things together. We invite each other for the Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know, we're, we're just friends. What more are you asking? Well, what God commands from us is what our vision states. Love God. Love all people. But you're going to have to take it further than this friendship or the family love. You're going to have to take it further than that. Let's end with Matthew chapter 10. Let's end there. Verse 37. Now, this is important because I thought I was doing something when I really start um, when I stopped coaching it and I started concentrating on my family, my, my children and things, um, I, I got more serious about spending time with them and all those ty- type of things uh, because I didn't have the time. I didn't make the time. I had it, but I didn't make it. When I was coaching, I did other things on my leisure time that dealt with coaching. You know, I, was, you know, I was coaching 24-7, you know, either watching it or trying to figure out something, studying it. Um, so I thought I was doing something when I was doing that. And this is what God says in verse 37. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who, he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And I said, man, that means that as much as I love my wife and children, God is calling us to more, to a higher love, a higher standard. And you know, and I know especially the women who have children, there's nothing you won't do for your children. Really. These those I know, you know, especially in here, that you love your children. I don't care how honorary they are. I don't care, you know. <laughs> you love your children. You can talk about anybody you want to talk about. Don't talk about my children. You love your children. And you know it. But he says, you got to love me more. 
If you don't love me more, you're not even worthy of me. I said, God, God, my goodness gracious. Much as I love my children, I'm not worthy of you if I don't love you more. Oh, God, the standards you're setting are high. How am I going to do this, God? How am I going to really love you like that? Well, the good thing is, like we read, we love him because he first loved us. He already demonstrated his love for us by dying for us, giving his only begotten son. And whosoever, whosoever, you can be one that talks about uh, Jesus, talked about his family, because when you talk about church people, you're talking about his family. And you know, we've all talked about church people before you got saved. You know, you, you, know, you, you have. Come on, you know, you're not that holy. Come on. <laughs> you know. And so, at least I have. You know, I talk about them, you know. Look at them. They go to church. Look at them. You know. They sin during the week. Go to church <laughs> on the weekend. You know, and, and one of the uh, folks I used to coach, and I don't know whether part of you run, uh, drive down Rivermont Avenue or not, but if you drive down Rivermont Avenue, close to Calvert Street, there's a store. And across the street from the store, in the summertime, kids sit on this wall in front of this house. And see, all those kids I coached and, and taught at Lincoln. And they said, you know what, Coach? Um, they're grown now. And, and I, they said, you know, I see them come out of church and they go in the store and they come out with their little brown bag. They think they're fooling somebody, you know. I drink, yes, I drink wine. I, you know, I, I, I tell you, I'm, you know, I'm a sinner, but they are pretending they are Christians. They love God and, and, and they, they are just like we are. But they'll never say it. They look down on us. And so we're going to go deeper next week and give examples and things because this is very important because the vision, this, we'll still be on vision next week, part two. Uh, we'll be on all in next week with part two because if we can't walk this out, Come on. This is this is what this is what Jesus is saying. This is what God is saying. We have to love him. We have to love him the way he wants to be, be loved. Because everything hinges on that. So you know we have a a, a vision that's worthy of being our vision because I don't know, but I've been told that we're not going to be on the 
streets of gold if we don't love God and love God's people. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.